Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. Hello everybody, Sam here. Just a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the podcast and the ICU Facebook page, we could really use your support. Every share and positive review helps us out enormously. But you can go even further than that, if you like, by signing up to our Patreon. You can join Club ISY from just £2 plus VAT a month, and in return, you'll get early access to every single story and podcast. And you can even earn exclusive content like compilation episodes and ICU stories that you won't find anywhere else. And if you don't fancy paying monthly, you can now sign up on an annual basis and save 10% on the cost of your subscription. Your support is the only thing keeping this endeavour going, so if you're enjoying the page and show, do please consider signing up at patreon.com slash ICU stories. As always, I'm eternally grateful for all of your support, and I hope you enjoy the show. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. Joe Biden becomes President of the United States, and the world breathes a collective sigh of relief loud enough to send people in the Middle East running for cover, who mistake it for the sound of a drone coming in. Boris Johnson appears at Friday's press conference and warns there's a possibility that the Kent variant may be linked to higher rates of mortality, making it an even less desirable British export than Scottish fish right now. Leaked footage reveals that Home Secretary Priti Patel wanted Britain's borders closed in March at the start of the first wave of the pandemic. And also in 2018, 2017, 2000... Every March she's been alive, really. And finally, the Who guitarist and Brexit voter Roger Daltrey has signed a letter demanding the UK secure visa-free touring for musicians in the EU. He may have been fooled once, but he won't be fooled again. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore, and I do solemnly swear that I will faithfully execute the office of podcast host, and will, to the best of my ability, preserve, protect, and defend absolutely none of the useless fuckers governing the country at the moment. It's a new dawn, baby! Hallelujah! (coughs) Sorry, everyone, got a little bit carried away there. You're listening to IC News, the cable news show with the integrity of a twiglet and the fair, impartial foundation of Fox News on a crystal meth binge. We're all news, all the time, and the news doesn't get any bigger than this week. That's right, it's a new dawn for America, as this week saw the inauguration of its 46th president, Joseph R. Biden. It was a truly historic appointment, as America welcomed its first female, black and Asian vice president in Kamala Harris, and its first Highlander president in Biden himself. With security tighter than a Yorkshireman's purse strings following the attack on the Capitol by Trump supporters just two weeks ago, the inauguration passed without incident, leaving QAnon supporters scratching their heads and wondering just when the enormous purge of America's cabal of paedophile elites was actually happening. The air in America is undoubtedly tense at the moment. 
but the only people in attendance at the inauguration who seemed to be determined to assassinate Biden were the Democratic caucus itself, who socially distanced themselves from their elderly overlord about as well as penguins in a cold snap. Whether or not a Biden administration truly represents meaningful change for America remains to be seen. Given the atmosphere over there at the moment, we didn't really want to send our most valuable reporters to find out. So instead, we've been recruiting from the multiverse again, and sent the latest incarnation of our perpetually disposable correspondent, Rob Mulholland. Thanks, Sam. I'm Rob23, and as you can hear behind me, it's a jubilant mood here in America. After the longest four years in American history, the page has finally been turned on Donald J. Trump. It's time for the country to unify and rally behind the new Commander-in-Chief, Joe Biden, a man who looks like he's come to the job dressed as a White Walker for Halloween. Thank Christ they didn't use a dragon glass needle to vaccinate him, that's all I'm saying. He could have been blown all over the Oval Office harder than Bill Clinton. This all feels very celebratory, but you'll have to forgive me a moment, Sam. I'm from Earth Delta Foxtrot Meldrew 12 and we're famous for our cynicism. I've never seen an Earth Prime inauguration before and fuck me, that was weird. I don't mean the sense of relief, that was palpable enough and I get it. For America, turning the page on Donald Trump must have felt like finally clearing a kidney stone the size and shape of a nice and spicy knick-knack after years of straining. But that doesn't change the fact that there's something fundamentally fucking unhealthy about the body that could produce that abomination in the first place. You can flush the bloody tissues away and limp off wincing, America, but if you think everything's fine now, you're kidding yourself. I can't be the only fucker watching these things that can't believe some of the rhetoric. We all know America is basically one giant rampaging id, masturbating in front of a full-length mirror and high-fiving itself in the glass, but Christ almighty, some of that self-congratulatory bullshit was hard to swallow. National pride is one thing, but the only reason America has been visible as a shining city on a hill recently is the fact that it's been on fire for the last few years. It's impressive from a distance, sure, but for all the wrong reasons. It's no wonder that racial justice and civil rights ground to a standstill under Trump. If Biden's inauguration was anything to go by, it must be fucking impossible to convince your average American that their country has any flaws at all. American exceptionalism is nothing new, of course. Trump just amplified its misplaced sense of national pride to a whole new level. Here in Britain, with our faded dreams of empire and raging nostalgia bonk on, we're hardly innocent of that sin ourselves. Blind patriotism and jingoism clearly go a long way to building popular support, which is why useless twats in conservative human suits the world over have been copying Trump's tactics. Telling everyone you're performing brilliantly apparently generates enough political topsoil to cover a whole mountain of corpses. When the simple truth gets recast as too negative to be palatable, you end up with a nation incapable of the introspection needed to recognise its own flaws. In that sense, America really isn't exceptional at all. To their credit, they've at least given their blustering autocrat the boot, even if the race was far closer than it ever should have been. We're still stuck with ours, and there's still no sign yet that the British electorate have truly woken up to the reality of Boris Johnson's uselessness. Now, Biden might not be the liveliest guy in the cemetery, 
but his writing hand clearly still functions at an impressive speed. It probably sees a lot of exercise, waving off the actual vultures that circle him on a daily basis. It's only been a few days, but the new president has so far been true to his word about the urgency with which he would start to unpick Donald Trump's legacy. Biden has been signing executive orders like a man possessed, whilst looking like the one who does the possessing. And already some of Trump's flagship immigration policies and the controversial Keystone XL oil pipeline have hit the cutting room floor. The devil in the details of the wider Biden agenda remain to be seen. Republicans are bricking themselves that he'll be dragged further left by the progressive wing of the Democratic Party. Progressives, in comparison, are concerned that the 50-year veteran and poster child of neoliberalism will be incapable of moving with the times. Being a cynic, I can't help but feel that we're staring down the barrel of four years' worth of the latter. The page may have turned on Trump, but there's every chance it's been turned backwards into the same old story of rampant, unfettered capitalism and the stagnation of social progress. The world is rushing to distance itself from Donald Trump, but the simple reality is that the only reason his name is now political cancer is that he was so incapable of subtlety. You don't win your fascist utopia by inspiring lunatics in furry hats to storm the capital. You do it slowly, by eroding the value of truth, attacking workers' rights and demonising people to cover for your failures. People like immigrants or house parties with 15 people at them. Trump might be gone, but his tactics are here to stay, and they're still alive and kicking in British politics. It's all incredibly depressing when I think about it, really, but hey, at least there's one advantage to America, regardless of who's in charge. It's always going to be remarkably easy to buy a gun, even when you're clearly a man on the edge. I'm Rob23, and goodbye, cruel world, reporting for IC News. <laughs> Just kidding, everyone. Christ, can you imagine how bleak a sign-off that would have been? <sighs> I mean, Biden's not anyone's first choice, but fuck me, he's still better than Trump. It might only be an inch forward, but it's an inch I'll take, and the rest of it's still worth fighting for. In fact... <laughs> bastard! Ow, oh my God! These things are way too sensitive! Christ! No wonder toddlers shoot their own parents all the time. Oh, fuck. That's a lot of blood. Christ, I hate America. America might have an ego on her, but there's no denying that the team at the helm in the US has a dramatic impact on her international allies. It has a more dramatic impact on America's enemies, admittedly, normally directed by drone strike, but we'll get to that another time. With the British government desperate to validate the current mess of Brexit by gulping down new trade deals like a thirsty economic whore, Boris Johnson is sure to be keen to pursue as close a relationship with the Biden administration as it will allow. Here to discuss what a new beginning in America means for the US-UK relationship, it's our trade correspondent, Che Burnley. Wow. I've had some weak links from you in my time, mate, but that one, Christ, that might have been the worst one yet. Not sure what you're getting at, Jay. Oh, come off it. Everyone knows what's going on here. Just ask me what you're clearly dying to ask me. I can see it coming a mile off. Honestly, I've got no ulterior motive. I really want to talk about how the Biden administration might impact America's trading relationship with the UK. <laughs> yeah, right. I guess you want to hear about the subtle nuances of transatlantic policy, do you? 
Want me to explain how the Biden administration might potentially view a British trade deal as an in to crack the European market? Pull the other one. That's interesting. Can you explain that? How would a post-Brexit UK assist America in approaching the EU market? Well, if America can get the UK to accept agricultural goods while it still has broadly similar standards to the EU, it might provide leverage in future discussions with... with oh, oh, hang on. Are you serious right now? Yes, Che. We seem to spend every episode of this podcast doing everything we can to actively avoid discussing the minutiae of our complex international trading relationships. Given how Brexit so far appears to be failing the fishing industry and independent British businesses, I think we owe our listeners a certain level of attention to detail on the subject. Really? Yes, really. So you haven't just dragged out your one and only black correspondent to reflect on Donald Trump's presidency and legacy then? No. Are you sure? Well, look, if you want to reflect on Donald Trump's presidency and legacy... Aha! I fucking knew it! God, you're such a predictable little arsehole. You want me to dance for you? Fine. But if you want to patronise me like that, you can beg for it. Go on. Say, please, Che, my Nubian prince, give to me your wisdom. Che, I'm not doing that. I know I don't always get this diversity thing right, but I've at least got more pride than that. Sorry? You've got what? Pride? And what colour is that pride, Sam? (sighs) Please, Che, my Nubian prince, give to me your wisdom. Yes, that's the stuff. White guilt gives me life. This Biden administration is going to be great. There are going to be bell choirs that do less hand-wringing. And after the last four years, I'm fucking here for it. I take it you don't think Trump will go down in history as a champion of civil rights, then? Definitely not. Let's just cast our minds back to Martin Luther King Day, shall we? That was Monday, and it was the day the Trump administration chose to release its first report from the 1776 Commission. Right, and this was the commission that Trump himself set up by executive order in order to address what he saw as left-wing indoctrination in the American education system. That's the one, Sam. And whew, boy, was that report a steaming load of racist bullshit. Authored exclusively by conservative hacks, without input from a single true historian, let alone credible ones, it was a brazenly partisan attempt to completely whitewash the uncomfortable reality of America's founding. It was nothing less than white supremacist fan fiction masquerading under a pointy white hood as anti-woke common sense. Biden's pledged to disband the commission and throw its recommendations straight in the White House toilet. And honestly, that's all the report deserves. It compared modern-day identity politics to the tensions that led up to the Civil War. And it did that on Martin Luther King Day. Only a few days after white nationalist insurrectionists marched on the Capitol and tried to overthrow the government. It was revisionist bullshit. The timing, as well as the report itself, was a deliberate and final fuck you to the civil rights movement from an outgoing president who has completely failed in his mission to rewrite history. Black Lives Matter and civil rights activists will continue to push for an America that more honestly reflects on the sins of its past. And Donald Trump will go down in history as the poster boy for all the embarrassing inadequacies of white supremacy. You don't think pardoning Lil Wayne does much to heal that rift, then? No, Sam. No, I don't. Funny story, actually. I do a, I do quite a good little Wayne impression. Really? I've just lamented an attempt by a sitting president to glorify America's history of subjugation and racial injustice, and your response to that is to... Yeah! <coughs> Sorry. I'm going to go now, okay, before I bite my tongue clean in half. You're lucky 
and feeling vaguely positive for the future for once. I'm Che Burnley, reporting for IC News. I didn't think my little lane wasn't that bad. One of the biggest challenges President Biden is sure to face is how he handles America's relationship with Russia moving forwards after four years of relative inaction and active Putin bullfondling by Trump. That inaction and gentle tickling sensation saw a newly emboldened Vladimir Putin achieve all kinds of gains, not least through the power vacuums created by the Trump administration's decision to retreat from its military commitments around the world. A less interventionist America is good news for a lot of countries on paper, but without diplomatic solutions to replace that physical presence, countries like Afghanistan face even further destabilisation. Trump may have failed in his attempts to fight back against his country's own legislative branch and the Democratic Party, but the political opponents of Vladimir Putin tend to be less fortunate. Last week once again saw the arrest and imprisonment of opposition figure Alexei Navalny, as he returned to Moscow, having recently recovered from being poisoned with Novichok by what he claims were Russian security services. Navalny and the Bellingcat network have been working hard to expose corruption in Putin's government, and this week they co-released a scathing expose that revealed a sprawling estate on the Black Sea that they claim Putin's supporters have built for him with bribe money. The report has been viewed millions of times online, and while Putin has been typically dismissive of Navalny's claims, his popularity is indicative of the Russian leader's flimsy grip on young, tech-savvy Russians who are increasingly questioning the validity of his power. Not everyone in Russia agrees with Navalny, of course, and there are two sides to every story. That's why I've taken a brown paper envelope full of money and given this story to our Russian correspondent. Hello there, Western friends. I am Alexander Notabok, esteemed Russian journalist and definitely not secret operative of FSB. It is pleasure to once again be speaking to you through a credible media agency, spreading true word of Mother Russia. All too often, Western press is all political prisoner this, and widespread corruption and criminality that. Well, I am here to tell you, Nyet, enough is enough. Do not believe everything you read. Unless it comes to you through online advert, in which case believe most of it. If it makes you cross about democracy and suggests you rise up and overthrow it. Once again, this week, you in the West have been getting your knickers all up in a bunch over internal Russian issue that has very little to do with you. Tut-tut, nosy packers. Russia minds its own business all the times. Why can't you return favor? We barely said anything when furry hat man was leading crazy prayer in seat of your vice president. You think our system is, how you say, fucked? Take a looking mirror, Yankee friends. If it has not been smashed to bits by rioting Magaman already. Thanks for big show, by the way. Near fall of America got best ratings on Russian state TV for quite some time. Oops, excuse me one moment. My friend, he has had a bit too much to drink. <coughs> now, you will have heard a lot in biased Western press in last week about the rest of Alexei Navalny. Pah! I should not even say his name. Putin calls him that gentleman, or after recent events, the patient. Because it's good to have sense of humor about nerve agent poisoning. Putin is very funny man, you see. Don't believe me? Here is proof. <laughs> Remember when Navalny investigation claimed Russia tried to poison his blue underpants? 
Well, this week, great leader Putin did epiphany dip. Epiphany dip is Russian tradition, where you put head on the water three times and crush yourself to wash away sins. <laughs> Putin did it in blue underpants. <laughs> He's like, hey, remember when you said I tried to murder you? Well, here I am in front of Jesus, giving zero fucks about it. Ah, classic Putin. Now, I could go into all of boring details about why this is not political arrest. I could lay out all the fraud charges and explain how they are definitely not all made up. I could tell you how, in Russia, it's perfectly normal to hold spontaneous trial in police station and jail dissident for 30 days. I could talk about how Navalny arrest has nothing to do with enormous investigation into Russian state corruption and embezzlement his team released earlier in week. I could even respond to American and British politicians who are all cross and sad that Russia is suppressing opposition. But you know what? I'm not going to. Russia will not have finger wagged at by countries with shitty finger anymore. Wah, you can't have political system run by corrupt billionaires. Are you taking peace, America? You nearly destroyed entire country for sake of corrupt billionaire, who is not even good at being corrupt billionaire. Pardoning all of rich Florida friends and Steve Bannon on way out of door. In Russia, you at least do corruption sneaky style, not out in open air like shitting dog in park. Honestly, America, telling us off just because Putin allies built billion dollar estate larger than Monaco with bribe money for him? Who do you think you are? Navalny is nothing more than upstart with persecution complex. Ooh, I get arrested all the times. Ooh, state tried to murder me and I can prove it. Ooh, Putin is stealing billions of Russian wealth and the entire country is nothing but piggy bank for a handful of plutocrats who seek to destabilize entire world in order to line own pockets. Nothing but conspiracy theory, including all of Bellingcat journalist proof. Oh, and remember FSB agent in phone call who laid out exactly how Navalny was poisoned by state? I did journalist research. He is actually a window cleaner from Dagenham doing big prank for YouTube. Everything Navalny says is lies, lies and more lies. He is clumsy man who poisoned himself. And if he falls and smacks head in Russian prison, it will be his own bloody fault. Have you learned nothing, Western friends? Look at where misinformation has brought you to place where you now cannot even peacefully protest and threaten to hang vice president without facing many years in jail. Who has gulags now, eh? You ban parlor? And why? Because right-wing extremists use it to plan to overthrow government and make death threats against liberals. You want to talk to us in Russia about free speech? That doesn't seem very free speech to us. Which is why Russian backer now help bring Parla back to life. Because we love free speech. Right-wing extremists and fall of America are just side effect. Now, if you'll excuse me, my friend here is ready for epiphany dip of his own. It's important to wash away sins. <laughs> Particularly when sins involve working for Bellingcat. Um, I mean... Coveting neighbor's oxen. You know, typical little sins. Nothing that would attract security services. Let me help 
You friend! That's it. Let the healing begin. You better go away now, Western listeners. My friend is shy and does not want to come back up out of the water until you are gone. I am Alexander Notabot, reporting for IC News. Alexander's report brings us to the end of our programme. We'll be back the same time next week, but until then, we leave you with the stories you may have missed. Under new COVID guidelines, house parties of 15 or more people now face £800 fines for every participant, meaning that the Liberal Democrats can still invite up to three friends to their piss-ups without getting in trouble. The Home Office says it is working hard to recover hundreds of thousands of records of criminal investigations that were accidentally deleted by human error after Damien Green borrowed Priti Patel's laptop and then tried to clear his search history. The UK refuses to grant the EU ambassador full diplomatic status because it's now more expensive to import Ferrero Rocher from France and we've got to make savings somewhere. And finally, One of Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina-scented candles explodes into flames in a British woman's home, presumably because she lit it at the wrong time of the month. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you, and goodbye. You've just been listening to the IC News podcast. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to help us spread the word. Only with your support, can we reach more people and build a larger audience? Every episode of IC News is written and produced by Sam Gore. Every week we feature guest voices from the UK stand-up circuit. Check out the podcast description to find out who you've been listening to. They're all very funny people, and you should check out their stuff. The IC News main theme is written and performed by Eddie French and the graphic design for the show is by Chunchy.com. Any additional music in the show will always be properly credited in the podcast description. So if you hear something you like, please check that out and support the independent artists who offer their work to shows like ours. Hello again. It's me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with the right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of me van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind our bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>